Our guest on the program this week is Grady County Emergency Management Director Dale Thompson. Dale, good morning. Good morning, George. Always good to have you on the show. And if it's March, that means uh, severe weather season can't be too far away. Um, but uh, And we're going to talk about that. But we've had winter weather we've had to contend with uh, over the last few weeks. It's kind of odd. We had a couple of winter storms in February, but over the last three or four weeks so yeah, interesting I'll, times for sure and it's time for that to be over with yes <laughs> we, all, we can all agree to that that's for sure so um active weather season coming up here very shortly mm-hmm. uh, so it's never too early to get prepared for what might be happening come uh, april may june that's right you know i mean our, our season april may and june like you say is the main time but we do have severe weather that uh, crops up in march so this is the month that we really want people to get prepared get their supplies and everything that they need you know maybe clean out their safe room and get it prepared get documents and stuff like that and just be ready because you know with the way the weather's been the past few few weeks and everything anything can happen at any time so we got to be ready no doubt about that so uh, we've got an interesting program coming up this next week uh, that's going to be in Chickasha, and it's is it for storm spotters only, or uh, anybody can go. The general public can go to oh, this. Okay. It's uh, generally we we try to put it on uh, every couple of years. We're in a five county region uh, that's designated by the Weather Service, and uh, I think last year it was in Kingfisher, and uh, no, I'll take that back. Year before last, it was in Kingfisher. They canceled them last year due to COVID and stuff. So. Uh, we put in for it this year, and it's going to be uh, next Thursday the 10th out at the Canadian Valley Tech Center and the Seminar Center uh, starting at 7 o'clock. It'll last for about a couple hours, and Rick Smith from the National Weather Service will be down here. And basically what it is is that uh, we usually try to bring responders in, you know, emergency responders from all over the county uh, because that's who we use for spotters a lot, you know, whenever – severe weather comes in i get reports from the deputies and police officers around the county and the area fire departments and stuff so that's uh the main group we like to get in there but it is open to the public i mean if somebody's interested in being a storm spotter uh through the skywarn part of it and through the weather service they can go through the training so they understand you know, what a storm looks like, you know, what the weather service is looking for, the criteria for reporting. So, yeah, anybody can come to it. I mean, we generally try to get the responders there, but we sure would like to have the general public to show up if they're interested in it. Uh, so Thursday mm-hmm. is the day, and it's 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. seminar center at the tech center here in town. All right, no charge, just uh, no. show up? Just and, show mm-hmm. up, and uh, like I say, it lasts about, about two hours. You know, depending on how many Q&A it has at the end of it and everything. But uh, uh, Rick does a real good job on that. Uh, we'll show you what to look for, how a storm develops, and what uh, what the components of it is and everything. So people, you know, even if you don't spot, it's just some good information to know that they can look out there and listen to the radio and the TV station and say, hey, we got severe weather coming, and they – can keep an eye on, on the radars that the TV stations put out, and they can go outside and they can look, and, you know, they can say, hey, that's that's going to be a, a significant thunderstorm or something. So it, it's good for everybody to know, but like I say, it's, a, it's something that we try to host here as much as we can about at least every couple, three years we like to host one here in Chickasha. 
uh, everybody's a severe weather expert, it seems like. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're fortunate to have people like you and the first responders and, of course, uh, the TV meteorologists that are, you know, pretty much spot on when it comes to they, they are to severe weather, the spring severe weather. Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, most of the uh, severe weather happens in the evening time and at night time. And like myself, you know, I have the same capabilities at home as I do at my office, you know, as far as radar and, and programs that I can get a hold of responders and communities throughout the county. Uh, but, you know, our, our office, we go through training uh, every 18 months with uh, the Oklahoma uh, Mesonet, which is up there with the National Weather Service. So we actually go to school every year to learn new tech radar techniques and what to look for and uh you know and we basically got the same radars on our computers at home that the tv stations have up in the city you know now we don't have a million watts of power but uh but we can still see the storms kind of just exactly like they do so we're trained to look at radar and say hey there's a possible tornado could be forming in this area or there's probably going to be some hail in this area or high winds or something but uh that's how we get our reports in and then we report directly back to the national weather service so that aids them in doing warnings severe thunderstorm warnings or tornado warnings and it also gives them an update on what we see out here in the field so i want to talk about uh, apps. So yes. there are a lot of weather apps out there. What are some good ones that folks uh, might want to download if they? Well, I, you know, one app that we use is from the uh, Mesonet, and uh, you can go into uh, uh, Google Play Store or Apple or something like that, and just uh, type in the word Mesonet, and uh, it's a free app that you can get. That uh, it'll it'll give you radar, it'll give you current conditions from any Mesonet site in the state. Uh, we use that frequently, almost daily, especially if we're, we got a wind shift situation, if we have a wildland fire or something, I can look up at the Mesonet site in Minko or the one in Canadian County, if I've got a wind shift coming from the north and I can tell just about where that wind shift line is going to be and what it is behind it. So anybody can download this Mesonet app on their, uh, app store or Google play, uh, free, Gives you a lot of great information. You can get it specifically about Chickasha, specifically about the Mesnet site down uh, in the Rush Springs, Acme area, Acme, yep. and the one at Minko. So, uh, and as far as the other alerts, you know, the, the TV stations have some good apps, uh, four, five, and nine. You know, they they've got their push apps and stuff that you know let you know about watches and mornings and stuff like that. I don't really have a preference on any of them. You know, they're all basically about the same thing, uh, you know. But we would recommend, you know, people, if, if they don't have a NOAA weather radio, we still push that. I mean, it's it's an older technology, but it still works great every, every day. And so we encourage everybody to get a NOAA weather radio, uh, one that is specific where you can do just Grady County, or you can do surrounding counties. Uh, you know, if there's a severe thunderstorm, a tornado watch, or anything, and you can program them, they're real easy to program, or you can bring them down to our office. We'll show you how to program them. Uh, most places like Walmart and different things carry them. But uh, these apps and everything that's out there, they, they work pretty well. But uh, 
they won't wake you up in the middle of the night. Well, my phone necessarily. won't. Yeah. You know, now that no weather radio will sure, wake you that, up, that, that, I can assure I, you. That was my point, yeah. was uh, maybe your phone won't alert you unless there's a tornado warning. I think I think my phone went off uh, one one or two times last year, but uh, that no weather radio is going to go off regardless. Yes, it is, and I guarantee you it'll wake you up out yes. of dead sleep. Especially we, we recommend people put them uh, in their bedrooms or close to the bedroom and stuff because – you know, unfortunately, we have severe weather at night, so you know, I'd I'd a whole lot rather you know be irritated and get up and and have to get up and turn it off. But at least you're going to know something's going on. So that's the best thing to do. But uh, you know, these apps and stuff for everyday use during the day, you can get updates and you can know what the weather. The Mesonet it has a radar feature on mm-hmm. it and it gives you a forecast, so it's a good thing to have too. Right, and I think it updates like every five minutes. The yes. Mesonet site, Mesonet. So does. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty much spot on whether yeah, it, it is. at that particular moment. So yeah. it's good stuff. We we use all uh, all forms. We use the Mesonet constant, our radar apps that we get from uh, from the Mesonet. Uh, you know, but we still look at the TV stations because especially we like the aerial views that they're helicopters out uh monitoring everything kind of gives us a pinpoint on where things are at what they look like and then that just goes all this information together and then we get the word out to the emergency responders in the county and let them know what's going on so for their community we want motorists to know uh, for sure if, if people are going to be out on the road during a severe th- a severe weather watch yes and weather is developing it's you gotta you gotta be tuned in to what's going on and radio stations uh, will work with TV stations and so uh, just if you're in there in your car you need to drive away from the storm yes uh, if if all possible yeah and you should have enough warning where you could make appropriate uh, decisions to mm-hmm. maybe go around the storm or take a different route home or That's wherever right. you might be, wherever you might be going you you don't want to get caught in a tornadic thunderstorm out on the road. You know, and that's the worst thing they can do is people will pull off the side of the road and get under an underpass. You know, that's the wrong thing to do. I mean, we've seen over and over that that's not, that's not a safe way to go. Uh, you know, best thing to do is tune to a local radio station, like you say. You know, even if they're going, you know, if they're going from here and going to Lawton, they need to fig- figure out a Lawton radio station to listen to. Or they come up through here listen to our radio station. They get into Oklahoma City, listen to one of them because, like you say, TV stations simulcast uh, a lot of that stuff. You got the early warning system and everything that goes out. So, but this time of year, you know, you have to be aware. You know, if we tell you that there's a couple, three days out, we start putting stuff on our social media page. Hey, you know, Friday may be a bad day for severe storms. You know, you need to be aware, and we'll remind that and post stuff from the weather service. So, people just need to be aware. You know, hey couple days out they say it could get bad so you need to have more attention being paid to that that particular day we mentioned the storm sellers earlier and mm-hmm. so um now's the time to clean those out and yeah. get the spiders out and probably any water that might be gathered in there if you got an yeah. underground yeah. storm cellar so yeah uh mm-hmm. for anybody that's got a safe room you know right now is a good time to to go out clean it out change out supplies if you have water and uh, batteries and flashlights and stuff like that down there. Uh, make sure you have the appropriate items, you know, to be down there for, unfortunately, maybe a long period of time if your home does get struck by a tornado. But you need to have supplies down there, bottled water, some snacks, 
uh, five-gallon bucket for, you know, a restroom if you have to have it, uh, flashlight, no, or a radio that you can listen to, you know, the radio station and figure out what's going on. So right now is a good time. Uh, also want to mention that, uh, you know, we start getting phone calls, you know, this time of year, people wanting to know about a storm shelter program. And unfortunately, right now, we do not have any program in place. Uh, the federal funds, while there's a lot of them out there being spent for different things, uh, we do not have any federal hazard mitigation funds that we can tap into for another program. Would have been so, nice if we could have got some ARPA uh, yeah. funds for something like that. But, yeah. uh, but you know, people just, you know, if we do get another program in the near future, you know, just follow our Facebook page, and uh, we'll announce it there. But uh, if you have a safe room, let's let's start getting it ready. Uh, for those that don't have a safe room, what are the recommendations? Yeah, still, you, your center part of your house is the, is the best place to go. You know, if we do some have some kind of tornadic storm or something like that, and they say get to your bathroom, which a lot of times is the center part of your house. And again, you know, you need to have some stuff there at your house ready to go. If you have children you know, bicycle helmets and stuff like that. If you go to, if the bathroom is your place or a closet or another space that's in the center, you want to have as many walls around you as possible. So whatever your designated spot is, have you some supplies there, you know, copies of uh, insurance policies, uh, important documents and information, you know, blankets, uh, like I say, helmets for the kids or mm. something like that you know, to protect yourself and everything. So you got to do a little preparing at home as well as you do, even if you have a safe room or out on the road. Right. Uh, smallest room, center part, lowest level. Lowest level, Lowest yes. level. If you don't have a basement, just like you said, uh, for us, we've got a kind of a half basement. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, wouldn't recommend you go down there right now. <laughs> no. But we do have a little closet in the center part of the house, so that's mm -hmm. where we go. So, yeah, exactly. Good stuff. Uh, let's talk about uh, your office now, and you've recently, well, over the last year, you've uh, moved uh, mm -hmm. over to the old district attorney's office, mm -hmm. and yeah. it gives you a lot more room. And uh, It does. We uh, was fortunate to, to uh, move in up there uh, in October, year before last, and uh, at 217 North 3rd, so we're just diagonally across the street from the sheriff's office, and uh, the election board took our old area. They needed some more room, so... But our facility up there on our end, we've big enough that we've got an actual emergency operations center that uh, is inside. It's secured. You know, we don't have to share it with the room with uh, other agencies or anything. So, uh, you know, of course, we still have our passport office, which is located in our office. But uh, uh, between me and my two staff members, well, we got we got the room we needed, and we use every bit of it. And talk about your staff. Yeah, Amanda Wilkerson, she's my deputy director, been with me for uh, uh, quite a few years now. And then our newest employee is Laura Stevens that uh, come to work for us in the end of November last year. She's an administrative assistant over there, and uh, she pretty much handles the passport part of it and everything. We got her trained up and certified, so she takes care of a lot of the passport stuff and some of the admin stuff because... Amanda and I have different duties. Sometimes we have to split places we have to go to attend training or conferences or meetings or something. So, but it's a pretty busy office sometimes too. While we're talking about uh, your office and uh, other emergencies that uh, can crop up, 
uh, Grady County and a lot of other area counties are still under a burn ban for a couple days. Yes. Commissioners will meet again uh, this next week to consider to extend that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that for a little bit and what could be to come here over the next few weeks. Well, you know, there has been a couple of the counties around us that have lifted burn bans. Uh, our commissioners did lift uh, a burn ban earlier we had. You know, they put one on for a few weeks, and then they they took it off, and that lasted uh, about two weeks, weeks, and then they put it back on because a lot of controlled burns that people were doing and everything, one, they wasn't calling into dispatch to let them know they were controlled burns, and a large number of them got out of control. And uh, uh, whenever they get out of control, then they got to call the fire department. So the commissioners reenacted the burn ban. Uh, they can only put it on for two weeks at a time. Uh, it's on the agenda Monday for discussion on whether they want to extend it out for another two weeks. Uh, the month of March is really the worst month for wildfires in the state because you have low humidity. You're getting a warmer weather and stuff like that going on, which is great, but the higher winds... Uh, you know, like today and past couple of days, you know, our fire danger has been extreme, high to extreme. So, um, you know, one little small wildfire, you know, somebody burning some trash or burning a real small pile or something can get out of hand in a hurry. And that causes a lot of problems. So, but the commissioners will reevaluate it every two weeks and, uh, we'll see what they want to do come Monday. Right. Uh, dry vegetation, we won't see any greening going on probably for another four to six weeks. So oh, yeah, exactly. We've got uh, very uh, lengthy uh, grass and weeds on the side of the roads that can just go up, quickly like split, that. and doesn't take long for a, a big fire to, uh, to break out. It does. And, you know, I mean, yes, throwing cigarettes out and stuff like that can cause fires. People, you know, they don't latch their chains right on a trailer or something, causes sparks. That causes a lot of fires. So, you know, people just need to be real cautious and everything and just follow the guidelines. I mean, that unfortunately, you know, if if the burn ban's going on, you know, you're subject to a $500 fine. If uh, And a year in jail. And, and or a Possibly, year in jail. Yeah. That's right. And there has been uh, tickets issued. Uh, during the burn ban by uh, some of the deputies. So, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, they people will rightly say, well, I didn't know about that. Well, okay, well, you know, maybe the first time we'll give you give you a pass. Maybe. It all depends mm-hmm. on their attitude. But, uh, uh, you know, if they have to go back out there again, you know, or and we've advertised, you know, the radio station, the social media, the newspaper, uh, you know, even the TV stations and stuff mentioned about it and show maps on there. So most people are pretty conscious that, that there's a burn right. man going and on. And there's a great website. Uh, the, the State Forestry Department has a website you they can do. go to and see what counties do have burn bans That's and right. how long they're active for. That's right. Um, but uh, if you ever have a question, you can always – is it on your uh, Facebook page? Uh, we, we share a lot of it. I okay. mean, every, every time the burn ban – gets reissued we always put something on our social media about it uh and we a lot of times we'll link the forestry service webpage on there so people can go to it right so if there's ever a question they can always reach out to you or the sheriff's office or yes us anybody can yeah because whenever the commissioners pass a resolution we have certain people we have to notify including the agriculture department you know tourism uh all the state and uh the local agencies police and fire local media and stuff like that so we send that out within just a couple hours of 
commissioners passing everything. So, wanted to talk about a way that folks can help uh, your office um, to uh, assist with uh, if they have to go out and battle a fire or some other emergency situation. Yeah, we've uh, you know any business or uh, organization or anything that uh, would like to provide bottled water and or Gatorade. Uh, we we respond to with a lot of the rural departments in the county, the sheriff's office when they're out doing special operations of some kind. Uh, so, you know, if any organization or business or somebody that would like to donate bottled water and or Gatorade, uh, just, you know, give our office a call or stop by. Uh, we'd sure be glad to take the donation. We keep it uh, uh, in our facility and... That way we've got an ice machine and stuff, and if we have a large wildfire breakout or something like that, uh, it's not unusual for us just to get, you know, three or four cases of water, a couple, three cases of Gatorade, ice it down right quick and take it out there for the firefighters, you know. So, you know, if anybody would like to donate that, well, we'd appreciate it. You know, we keep a little bit of water on hand, but uh, Gatorade's getting a little harder to find anymore for because of the supply issue and stuff like that. But... Uh, if anybody would like to donate, just uh, stop by the office. We'd be glad to take it. So 25 years in emergency management for you. How about that? Congratulations. Yeah, yeah March 1st, 25 years. So it's uh, it's been a uh, – I love the job. I mean, it uh, it's always great to help somebody out or or try to anyway. So I really enjoy it. But, yeah, it doesn't seem a like A lot of changes years. in 25 years. What are the, what are the most striking changes – you think? I think technology probably is is the, is the biggest. Uh, when I started with the county, we had uh, one old laptop computer that was running 3.1 DOS Windows, and uh, at that time I didn't know a thing in the world about it. So uh, we just had one little computer, and now you know we've got computers almost in every office and every training room, iPads. I mean, the technology is probably what's really come a long way that helps us out you right. know and plus you can take tablets in the field exactly and just uh, right have them at your, at your, at your fingertips and, and, and we do mm -hmm. that constantly we have uh in my vehicle i carry an ipad uh all the time that uh, has a special tracking deal that i use when i'm with the sheriff's office and stuff like that so they always know where i'm at mapping which is extremely important you know we just uh we just completed a 911 addressing project uh uh, at the county uh, with some state money uh, on oh, our talk about that our PSAP or public safety answering point at the sheriff's office uh, we have on our dispatch center a CAD system you call 911 it pops up on a map and shows where you're at exactly you know or within just a real short time but uh, when we did the addressing for the county back in the early 2000s. That's when he did the county street and county roads. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> well, the city of Chickasha and the city of Tuttle decided they didn't want to be in on on this particular addressing project. They wanted to take care of the addressing in their municipalities themselves. Well, that was okay back then, but uh, as things got more technology evolved and stuff like that and we started using it more and everything, it got to the point where, you know, if Chickasha needed some assistance or Tuttle needed some assistance, it was a little harder for us to say, okay, here's the address, and then, you know, dispatch can actually look and see what's in, you know, that by the uh, satellite mapping mm -hmm. where, where everything is. So uh, I've seen that to be a problem, and I put in for uh, 
grant with the state 911 management authority uh, a little over a year ago for $87,640 to address the city of Chickasha and the city of Tuttle and incorporate that into our dispatch system. So now if Chickasha EMS, for example, has a medical call that they're tied up on something else and they call Rush Springs to come up to uh, assist, you know, say on a certain street, then dispatch can give them, you know, exact directions, you know, go here to this street, turn left, go down, should be the third house on your right. So we didn't have that capability before. So that's uh, made things a lot easier. We just uh, completed that project uh, back at the 1st of December. So. All right, folks, severe weather season will be upon us before we know it. So, again, uh, get to your storm shelters and have that as part of your spring cleaning uh, projects. Get your supplies in there and ready to go. And uh, always uh, tune in and uh, keep up to date with the Grady County Emergency Management Office Facebook page mm -hmm. and website. And lots of great information there. And again, talk about the storm spotter training on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, March the 10th, 7 o'clock at the Canadian Valley Tech Center. Uh, all you got to do is show up and you'll get a good lesson on severe storm spotting. Rick, Rick Smith, Smith with the National Weather Service is yes. actually going to be leading the course. So uh, yes. can't get anybody better than that, I guess. That's right. All right. Dale Thompson, thanks for joining us on the program. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, sir.